Hello, my loves, and welcome to Healing the Podcast with your host, Ashlyn Tori. I'm a heels and burlesque instructor, a confidence mentor, and the creator of Studio Soli Luna, living in the gorgeous mountains of Asheville, North Carolina. In this safe and sacred portal, we will be having raw, real, and intentional conversations about dancing in a heel, spirituality, self-love, the dance industry, and all the taboo topics that dancers and women should be openly talking about. I am so excited to go on this journey with you. Now let the magic begin. My loves, welcome back to the podcast. I am so grateful to have you all here. So as you babes may or may not know, when I used to live in Salt Lake City, I trained under Winter Rose in burlesque and Winter had several burlesque babies that also trained really intentionally with her, including Crystal Osby, also known as Ruby K. Rose in the burlesque world. And I had actually never met Crystal in person before. We kind of passed each other as I was leaving Salt Lake and she was coming into the burlesque and heels community but I had been following her Instagram for a bit and was incredibly intrigued to have her on the podcast to talk about her experience with burlesque and how she got into it in the first place. Crystal is a scientist by day and a burlesker by night, which how incredibly cool is that? She teaches burlesque, twerkology, and she is also an incredibly talented artist. Her crochet pieces on Instagram are drool worthy. I have been <laughs> scrolling through all of her posts and looking at all of her art and she is just a talented human, so smart, so kind. And in this episode, we cover so many amazing topics, but a few of them include judgment-free dance community and finding your people, intentional movement, and focusing on the why behind your moving and behind your performances purging people and things from your life that no longer serve you, the importance of black culture in burlesque and incorporating that, dance for self-acceptance versus approval, twerk history and the benefits of twerking and embodying an alter ego, and so much more. I know you babes are going to love Crystal and love what she has to share. And if you are excited to learn how to dance burlesque or really dive into the technique for yourself or start to perform, I have a very special offer for you that I will share with you later on in the episode. So stay tuned for that. I love you babes so much. Thank you for being here and enjoy this episode with Crystal Osby, AKA Ruby K Rose. Crystal, welcome to the podcast, babe. I'm so excited to have you. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) So Crystal and I were both trained in burlesque by the magical Winter Rose in Salt Lake City. And if you listen to my podcast episode with Winter, she actually mentioned you and what an amazing performer and dancer that you are. And then I saw you perform at Prohibition on Instagram, which was one of my favorite burlesque spots in Utah. So I was just so incredibly intrigued to meet you and learn more about you via the podcast. Oh, I'm so excited about that. And that's so kind of wanted to mention me. Yeah. So for listeners who aren't familiar with you, babe, I would love to give them a peek into your world with some rapid fire questions that we do at the beginning of every podcast. Does that sound good? Yeah, that's fine. Cool. So how old are you and where are you at in the world right now? I'm currently 31 years old and I am in Salt Lake City, Utah. Mm. And what are you loving lately? And this can be work-related, music, food, TV shows, rituals, anything at all. Well, the music I listen to is usually neo soul music indie just like anything that you can feel and I'm kind of obsessed right now with makeup um and so I'm looking at uh, these tv shows on Netflix the one I can think of right now is glow up and I'm just obsessed with everything that they can think of it's just out of this world oh my gosh that's so cool I've never heard of that before but it sounds like something that I would love to binge yeah, it's easy to binge. Yeah. You would love it. So, babe, do you know your sun, moon, and rising sign? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. yes. Awesome. <laughs> I'm so curious to know and also how that comes up for you. Okay. So, my sun is Cancer, my moon is in Scorpio, and my rising 
is in Gemini. So I have mm. a lot of water and air in my chart. Um, and I think it comes up for me in my life where I'm highly emotional and sensitive, but I'm also able to step out of being kind of that introverted, like sensual person. And I can step out and network with people because I have Gemini air um, and that ability to just network in my rising. So it's how you first meet me. It's very bubbly and eccentric and, and that really helps me meet people. And then when I get to know people, they're like, oh, she's deeper. And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, I just want to be home most of the time, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I totally get that. I feel the same way. I feel like it's so amazing knowing our different signs in astrology because we are very different often than how we like appear on the outside, which I feel like is so cool. And then when you get to learn someone's like rising sign, especially in their moon sign, you're like, oh, like there's so much more to that. And then like, mm-hmm. then just meets the eye, which I feel like we get such a small glimpse of who people actually are when we're just like around them for a small amount of time, especially like in a dance class or when someone sees you perform, you're like, actually, I am way different. <laughs> than yeah, that. that's exactly how I feel. <laughs> yeah, I love it. So what has been your favorite way to move your body recently? Dance. Of yeah. course. But yeah. honestly, just like moving to anything. I mean, I would just move to anything that I hear and I just get excited by things quickly. So <laughs> it doesn't have to be some crazy choreographed thing. I just like to randomly move. Mm. Even when I'm cooking or something, I'm just like cooking or like whatever. <laughs> oh my God. And you know, this makes me think of one of your recent performances you just did where you had like the bowl. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I honestly, when you said that, I was like, girl, I see you. I see how you're cooking. <laughs> exactly. I love it. I love that too, because I do a, a practice with my clients. It's called their morning embodiment practice. And it's literally, mm-hmm. I have a playlist where it's a bunch of different like styles of music and rhythms and beats. And I'm like, just pick a song and move. It doesn't matter if it looks crazy. It doesn't matter if it like is not choreo or even makes sense to anyone who would be watching, but just like move your body. And that practice is so powerful for me, especially if I'm in like a funk or if I'm not feeling well, I just pick a song. I mean, anyone who knows me knows that I've been listening to an unhealthy amount of Elvis Presley since the movie came out. It's such a good way to just, especially if you are a dancer, it's so nice to change it up from like always thinking that dance means doing choreo you know exactly yeah because I feel like saying you're a dancer it can mean so many things like there are people that are like I I do a studio I'm dancing on stage but I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm just a life dancer I just I just like to move wherever I go like I'm always moving (laughs) so love I am so curious to know how you got into dancing and performing in the first place and I saw that you also teach twerk now twerkology in addition to burlesque so how did your journey into these more kind of sensual styles of movement um begin so a background about me, I have to go back to childhood. We always That's have fine. to go back to childhood. So um, when I was a kid, I was around like six or seven or somewhere under 10. I danced um, in a studio. My mom put me, I was always like hyperactive and like moving a lot. So she was like, maybe you'll like jazz. So I went to jazz class. My sister did tap and it was very much just, my sister did tap and ballet and I did jazz. Um, and I thought I wanted to be a cheerleader too. I just wanted to do something that was like high energy and like moving, but it was really hard for me to stay focused and connect in a studio. I just wanted to just talk to people and like just move. And I just was like, why do I have to follow your direction? I just want to move. So I left that studio probably after like a season or two. And then my mom just saw that I was still being unfulfilled. And so I just realized that I needed, and she helped me realize that I needed passion and to like connect with what I was doing so in like third grade they started doing um, talent shows and she's like well your talent is like movement do you want to create a routine together and then you can perform it and I was like yeah that sounds so much fun so um, my mom and I would listen to songs together and we would think of a scenario and we were choreographed together and then I would perform in talent shows from third grade to high school like it was annual um, and and it just kind of evolved into character development and playing and she was a seamstress so she's like well do you want to be a cowgirl now and I'm like yeah I want to do a whole cowgirl routine and, you know just like that excitement that kids get it was it was like Halloween but not at Halloween time <laughs> yeah that's amazing I 
I find that so fascinating because it was like, I don't know. It feels like, you know, burlesque, this like style of burlesque where you're like putting on a character, putting on a specific costume. And I feel like you were doing that from such a young age. So that's amazing that that kind of integrated into what you do now. That is so cool. And I love how, I mean, I hated dance class when I was little, I, I would cry. I hated the cost. The costumes were itchy. I hated it all. Yes. all <laughs> I was like, why are we doing this right now? So I understand just like not fitting in, in the studio because I didn't start dancing again until I was 16 after I quit when I was like three or four. I mean, I was really tiny. Um, and so that's cool that that kind of trickled into now did you have like a gap or did you always dance I would say I always danced when I was at home like I can Mm -hmm. look back to home videos and I'm dancing in front of the speaker at like two or something and just like moving and it's really funny because I would always move like my diaper like my booty (laughs) (laughs) I think it kind of like translated into oh I liked working now like once I found out what that Mm -hmm. was I would say like middle school Destiny's Child and Beyonce was really popular then and mm-hmm. Bootylicious came out and she was just like kind of you know an icon even that early on like mm-hmm. years ago and it was just like such inspiration to see someone doing mm-hmm. that movement and I would just try to emulate it and I didn't even know that there was a terminology for it until I got older but yeah, yeah that's how I got into twerking I guess. <laughs> yeah and that's so cool so your mom was like really supportive of you and your dance journey. Yeah she thought it was so cute that I was able to just she saw like the joy on my face when I was doing mm. it and also it was a good way for me to get my energy out so I could actually go to sleep <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure so how did you transition from that to burlesque like how did you find winter's class how did you kind of find interest in that style specifically so I mentioned that I stopped doing those talent shows and stuff like mm-hmm. until high school and I would say that high school was like that weird transitional phase where I got into sports and so I literally just didn't have the time or the energy for dancing anymore I was like a triathlete Um, I got a scholarship it took me to college and I just didn't dance it wasn't like I didn't have a love for it it just it was a time thing and so it I didn't dance really until I moved out here to Utah so I'm 31 now I moved out here about five years ago and that's when I stopped you know doing sports I would say, because I graduated college to move out here to grad school. So I just wanted to find something and reconnect. And I was looking for dance studios to kind of just reintegrate myself back into that as an adult. And I found dance hall. And in the first class, Winter was in front of me in that dance class with Naisha. And that's how I met Winter. I mean, I love this story because winter in dance hall, like you can't not notice her, (laughs) you know, I mean, she's so good. Oh my gosh. I missed that class so much. So that's amazing that you connected in that way. And then you were just like, oh my gosh, I have to take class from you. Did you follow her? And then kind of go from there. Yeah. So that was around like 2018 when I like knew of mm-hmm. her we weren't like connected as like friends yet or mm-hmm. on more, a deeper level it's more so oh this person is always in class and I love their energy their high energy and it felt that I was like oh I can take up space like them too like they're have a lot of energy and I was like yeah like I've always been told to be smaller and like you're, you're doing too much like you're you need to tone it down you know um so seeing something like that I was like it's so inspiring I can do it too but then I didn't feel so connected to dance hall itself I just like the energy that it mm-hmm. provided but I you know I was in and out of the studio I was like I would take it like once a month wasn't really serious about it and then I would say I was looking for something more passionate to me something that I connected to more and I found that femme movement really helps connect myself to like me essentially and so I was looking for that and just on YouTube and Instagram and I would find choreographers and I was like oh they're all wearing heels like I started putting that together like they're all wearing heels and then you know I was already following Winter on Instagram and I was like oh she teaches heels and it just kind of like connected and then I found heel in a heel and it kind of evolved so by early 2020 like right before COVID hit I think it was like January I had reached out to Tia and Winter to see if I could take a heel in a heel class Tia was actually teaching at Millennium as well. So I took a class at Millennium prior to Heal on the Heel and I was hooked. So I was, at the moment I met both of them, 
Tian winter um doing heels classes I was taking six classes a week from mm-hmm. either one of them just it was I was hooked <laughs> oh my god that's so cool so it was so close because I left Utah in March of 2020 March oh so I I bet we were in like a Tia heels class together at some point and we just like you know didn't know each other because I was yeah. taking class as much as possible up until the time I left because I knew I mean I was the same way I had taken a class from Tia years ago I took a hip-hop class with her and I it was embarrassing <laughs> I was just fresh out of ballroom at UVU and I'd never taken a hip hop class in my life and hip hop at Tia, no joke. And it was at the old millennium. So it was before okay. millennium had like moved to trolley. And um, yeah, I didn't go back for a really long time because there were just amazing dancers there. And I mean, yeah, amazing dancers. So then when it moved and winter started teaching the burlesque class I was like "Ooh, burlesque like that sounds cool and I had just like come out of my injury and stuff and then through winter I I connected with heel on a heel and then it just like it changes your life you know it's so different going from having danced before but never like feeling I mean maybe enjoying it but never super connected but then when you connect it's like an addiction like you said taking six classes a week like how much can I train and yeah it's just really really special those two in particular there's something about their energy it makes you feel so welcome it makes you feel like wow I can actually do this too or I want more of like what they're experiencing because you can just tell that they're very high off of their passion Definitely. And I think that's what it was. It was that energy, just like you said, of their passion. Mm-hmm. That's what I was missing. I didn't have that connection to the instructor. I would just show up at dance hall, you know, and then go home or just show mm-hmm. up at whatever other classes I was taking, whether it be hip hop, just to see what it felt like. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't that connection where Tia and Winter draw you in. And I was like, oh, I love it. Can yeah. we be friends? Like, it's one of those like very <laughs> intimate spaces. Mm-hmm. And so it felt like I belonged there too. I didn't have any friends when I first moved here. I moved here from San Diego area, Escondido, if people are familiar in the audience, but San Diego area in California. Um, So I moved out here, not really knowing anyone. I just kept my head down in school. And then, you know, COVID hit and it was just like, I still don't have friends, but I met all the friends through dance. And so I felt really connected to that group of people. Mm, it's so cool. We have so many parallels because I had the same thing happen. I, you know, I had a friend, like a close friend, but I actually lived in Provo. So I would drive okay. from Provo back and forth to Salt Lake. And I really didn't have anyone that I connected with other than my friend from UVU. And after I like stopped dancing ballroom, I had no friends other than her. And the people in the classes, I was like, oh my God, like these people are my people, you know, it's a very special type of person that walks into a heel and a heel class or that walks into a burlesque class. And I just felt instantly like Greta, Tyler, like, you know, Jen, all these people. I just was like, oh my God, like, I love these people. They're amazing. And the same, the same with Tia, the same with Caroline, like all of these people that are from that community, they are just special people and they make you feel so welcome and there's no judgment, you know? And I think that was my favorite part because coming from a very judgmental dance culture, it felt like, wow, I can dance and not feel judged. You know, it was just, it felt very freeing for me. Oh, definitely. I can relate to that a hundred percent. That's everything you said. I'm just like, yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm curious, other than that, what you love about burlesque, like what about burlesque specifically was like, okay, this is, you know, you talked a little bit about the character piece, which I feel like is a, is a big thing. And then also just feeling really like, you know, judgment-free zone, but is there anything else that you just love? Well, I feel like I have to explain like my first burlesque class because it was kind of like an experience because I didn't, so I guess I... I didn't really know what burlesque was. I still didn't have the vocabulary for that word. I didn't know what it was. I knew what I liked about dancing. And I was slowly being drawn to the right crowd, the right people, the right area. I finally got down. I like the movement. I finally got down. I liked thinking of like scenarios and like incorporating your passion into like movement and like dancing with emotion versus just like choreo based, like one, two, three, four, you know? And then through training with Tian Winter for you know, since like, early 2020 I didn't even take a burlesque class until October of 2020 it was a Halloween class I'll never forget it winter kept pushing it to me like you should take my burlesque class and I was like okay it was kind of like 
yeah, but I'm already taking six classes a week winter. Do you want me to take seven? <laughs> and it was really like, she's like, you have to take it, please. And so all through summer, all through fall, all through, she was just in my ear. I don't know if she like broke me down or I was just like, fine, I'll do it. But it was the fact that she was so passionate about wanting to share that with me. And she's like, I think you would really like it because I'm watching how you're liking heels dancing. It's the way you're liking heels dancing. It's what you're liking about heels dancing. I think you may really connect with this. And I was like, okay. So then I get there, first class, she's like, do wear whatever you want. I already had a background in like pole dancing and such. So wearing like booty shorts and fishnets wasn't really, um, you know, it wasn't really unusual for me. So I was like, yeah, sure. I'll show up in fishnets, whatever you want, Winter. I get there, we're in that huge ballroom that, the one across from Charlie Square, that huge ballroom. I walk in, the lights are purple and moody, my favorite color. And I was like, oh, this is why she wanted me here. We do an amazing like embodiment warm up, like a meditation first. And I was just like, this is, this is what I want. This is exactly what I want. And then, cause I know that that style of teaching burlesque is, is the way she teaches it. But once we got to the choreo aspect of it, um, oh yeah, the song we danced to was, by Christina Aguilera. It was called Haunted, Haunted Heart. Heart. Yes. I was Were like hoping that that's what you would say because that okay. was my favorite class with her. Okay, was that was so my good. first. So, well, she taught it the year before. Yeah, oh. so she taught it. The, I was like, as soon as you said it was a Halloween combo, I knew which one you were talking about because it's like, dun, 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 you know, it's like so intense and oh my God. Anyway. <laughs> I know, you know that I get chills. I know I that too. you know how I'm feeling right now, yeah. which is amazing because <laughs> it was just like, mm. it was that intensity of the choreo. It was so like, you know, like you just motion with your hand, like that knife stab mm-hmm. that she had in the beginning and then all the floor work, but it was like, it was like spinal moving and it's just like so much stuff. And I was like, I love it. Um, we had so many hair whips. There was so much space to move. There were a ton of moody lights. Like it was just like everything I wanted. And I was like, this is the drama I've been looking for. Like we created a character this evening. She was, we were writhing on the ground and everything. And I was like, this is a performance right here. This is, this ticked all of my boxes. And so now that I have the vocabulary of, I like burlesque, I like the way you teach burlesque, let me dive deeper. And I just dove deeper and found out that Neo burlesque really spoke to me. And that's what I like about burlesque is that there's so many styles. And so that's what drew me to it, that she was so deep in her style. And I could find that for me too. I could find space for me in burlesque as well. Mm. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. We're on the same page with this. Cause it's like, I feel like, you know, you know, if burlesque is for you, when you take that first class with winter, that's the same feeling I had. My first class with winter was she taught, um, ain't no other man by Christina Aguilera. And that was my first class with her. And I actually think that that was in the old millennium as well. And it was like upstairs and it was hot and I was coming off my injury. So I I danced barefoot because I couldn't even wear heels at the time because my knee injury. And I went home like what I, what just happened? <laughs> like yeah. my mind is blown. And it was the same thing. I was like, okay, I'm going to be there. I was literally at every single Friday night for last class. I was winter's first, like, um, you know, TA or like teaching assistant or whatever. Cause I was just, I lived in her classes, like between her Latin class and her burlesque class. And so I understand the feeling so deeply. And I feel like not a lot of people do. (laughs) Not a lot of people understand that like instant connection that you just feel from dancing. And I feel like we're very lucky to have got to experience that with her because it's just, she's just special, special human. Definitely. So you are such a captivating performer. Like I said, I've been watching your Instagram videos, binging, quite frankly, binging (laughs) your Instagram videos. And you really embody that that vintage feel of burlesque, which I love, but also, like you said, including the more modern elements. Um, so in your opinion, what are the keys to a really great burlesque performance? Well, let's see. So I would say that showing your passion, showing that you're excited about what you're doing is huge, as well as your intention. So like knowing the what you're doing and knowing the why you're doing is more important than the how you're doing it, in my opinion. A lot of people that I've met or would say things like, oh, I want to perform like you, but I I don't wear heels or I can't dance in heels. And I'm like, that's not the basis of the way I dance burlesque. I mean, I started off in heels dancing, so I have that technique, but you don't have to wear 
heels or be that type of plus performer but I feel like maybe like the captivating that you're seeing which thank you I'm honored that you're binging my <laughs> Instagram I'm like sweating <laughs> like thank you <laughs> it's just the fact that like probably because they're seeing authenticity and that I believe myself when I'm performing too so I know what I'm doing and I know why I'm doing it and I know like I just it, it makes sense to me and my body and so I'm honestly just showcasing and sharing a story with you that I like to tell myself anyway Mm, that is so good. I love that answer because it's a confidence of like being so sure of yourself and what you're doing and so excited to like share that with others. And it's very much like not from as much of an ego place as it is this place where you just love what you do and you want to express yes. it fully. And that's the type of performers that I love because you can tell people who believe what they're doing versus like, like you said, there's a little bit of like, unsureness about it. You either believe what you're doing and you're confident in what you're doing or not. And that to me makes a great dancer versus a dancer that like, they're great, but there's something missing. You know what I mean? Right. I'm like, you have the technique, you're taking the boxes, your costume is gorgeous, but why don't I believe you? Yeah. And it's because I, your message isn't clear to me. Mm. And so I think I could, I feel like I mentioned this because I've been teaching a little bit of, of burlesque um, lately. I just got into it and um, I was telling someone that I don't care if you're wearing a trash bag. I won't believe you if you don't look confident. You could mm -hmm. do a strip tease wearing a trash bag and revealing to a random bathing suit. But can I, I, I want to see your base story. Like what is the basis of your performance? Mm. Um, yeah. And I'm really curious how you were able to kind of build that confidence because confidence, I always tell people this. I mean, my program is called confidence. I feel like confidence is the key to so much and it's a muscle. Like it's a muscle that you work. It's not something that people are just inherently born with. Like you have to constantly put yourself out there. You have to, again, believe in what you're doing. So how have you kind of like personally built that confidence up for yourself? Yeah, that's, it's like such a like layered and loaded question because yeah. it's, it's not like, it's such an amazing question too, because I feel like there's so many answers to that. Like, it's mm -hmm. not just one thing. It's that it's all of the blocking of the negative messages that you're receiving from society mm -hmm. and media. And I mean, I'll just even start with, we're all on Instagram. We're all scrolling. We're all doing those type of things. So one big part of it for me was definitely looking through who I'm following and purging people who don't look like me. And like, I definitely keep my friends, you know, as followers, I, I love to see what my friends are doing, but I don't follow celebrities who I don't align with, who don't look like me. I don't know these people personally. And so they're just basically empty messages. And then you just fill in the gaps. You don't know these people. So I personally don't follow the Kardashians. I don't follow. Yeah. You know, it's just like, so I think starting there and purging your life from things that don't make you feel good when you leave or that you don't know enough about and they're not open with you regarding that whether it be you don't know them or they're just maybe not a close enough person to you I say start there with those type of things and that's actually what I did and then I did the inner work because it I tried to do that embodiment inner work to get the confidence but then I would go talk to my friend about it or something an old friend and it's just the message they would be why are you doing that what is this and I was also in a toxic relationship my ex-boyfriend was very negative regarding why do you feel the need to go to pole classes what are you doing that for who are you doing that for and I'm like I enjoy myself and I'm doing it yeah because you think you look hot doing it like it's just all those like negative messages you you, you can't grow and you're you, you aren't going anywhere you're not evolving you have to get rid of that first and then you can step into your confidence because your voice when you're not confident is not going to be as loud. And when you grow the confidence, then you, you have a louder voice for yourself. So you can push out all of those thoughts. And I think that's really what's important to me. Um, it's just like doing a energy purge, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, this answer. And I'm so glad I kind of put you on the spot here with this question, but I, I love that because so many people think confidence means changing my body, changing what I wear. Like it's, it is nothing like that. Purging your Instagram. I literally tell everyone this. I created my Studio Soli Luna account kind of to separate myself and my business, but also to not be following the thousands of people that I was following on my old account. Like now I have a couple hundred people, people that inspire me and my friends. And that is 
it and everyone else can go. <laughs> it's like, I just exactly. don't have time for that type of energy. And also women are like taught to compare themselves in general. I don't need to be shown like people that I need to compare myself to lives that I, that I don't currently have that I need to be comparing. There's a difference between inspiration and comparison. You know, I feel like if you look at something and feel really like, ah, like uplifted by it, or do you look at it and be like, Oh my God, I need to like change this or fix this or do something different uh, with my body or my hair or whatever you, you can tell immediately if it's not helping you. I got chills when you said the difference between inspiration and comparison. I don't think I've ever heard that put together the way you said it. Oh my gosh. Yes. hundred, hundred yeses. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's so powerful. And even like, like you said, the toxic relationships, the friendships, I have so many amazing clients and people in my life that I'm just like, you would be a happier, more confident person. If you didn't have this other person in your ear telling you that you're not, you know, it's like, we mm-hmm. can only, we can only do the internal work so much. We can only like do like the dance classes and the rituals and the meditations and the tapping or whatever so much. But if we've got people that are literally telling us we're not good enough, or that are literally going against what we believe in, you know, we're just going to stay stuck in that place. And so amazing props to you for being able to like make those decisions for yourself. And obviously it shows in your life and in your work. Um, but it's hard. It is hard to overhaul everything, but man, does it feel good once you do? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So when it comes to embodying your sensuality and performing burlesque, and this kind of goes a little bit with that judgment piece, were there any blocks that you had to move past any internal beliefs or judgment from family or friends regarding kind of the sensual, like you said, aspect of burlesque? Yeah, definitely. Because there, for me, there were like two parts of burlesque. There was the, I'm training with winter. I'm doing the inner work. I'm, I'm just going to classes. And then I go home and I like maintain that feeling for myself. But then it was also to progressing to performing. So first I didn't like when I was first training, I wasn't really telling people that I was training in burlesque. I was just like, I'm going to heels class. Like it wasn't really their business. Cause I on, honestly just didn't feel the need to prove myself like when people have those, you know, like uh, we were mentioning earlier, like, you know, like those negative messages and family is really huge with, you sure you want to be doing that type of messages? And it's like, I don't need to hear this right now. I'm really happy. And I can't, you just see my smile when I talk about this, but what helped me a lot was that I was fortunate to not live around my immediate family because they're back in Southern California. So I didn't really tell them that I was even training in this style until I continued the confidence building regarding it. And I could just be like, oh yeah, I train in this style kind of versus I, I think I really like this style in the beginning stages. Can't really like stand up for yourself when you feel like that. But when you're like, this is part of me and you affirm it and you're like, I train in this style. People aren't really going to like, it takes a lot more of energy for them to break down that wall for you. You know what I mean? Um, so that was the first kind of block I had to move past was like the acceptance of, yes I trained in this style and then continuing that thought of not caring what other people were thinking about it like it allowed me to be more authentic with like how I how I was training in it and what was coming up for me it forced me to do shadow work um, all that kind of stuff and it just like goes in hand in hand like just links hands perfectly with embodying sensuality because you're just working on yourself and you're feeling what what feels good by getting rid of what feels bad And so I guess that helped a lot with like the internal beliefs, but then also when I progressed to performing, I don't think a lot of people know what burlesque is. So people still are not sure of like the origins or where it comes from. And that I was doing things that may have looked like I was dressing up more than they thought. And I'll explain what that means. So like, at times I felt that I had to prove that I belonged in the room because I was a, like, I, I was a, a burlesque who was also black. And just the fact that the, a lot of people were thinking, oh, are you trying to be like that movie with Christina Aguilera, you know, and share. And I'm like, no, I'm trying to be like Josephine Baker, you know? And it's just like reaffirming that if you don't do that work and find people who look like you and know that you belong, then those external judgments like are going to be huge for you so I had to really dive deep into my like history and look into culture and black culture and realize that there are so many black burlesquers that are just not mainstream but I could 
still be a, I could still dress pinup and be valid. I could still go back to the twenties and wear like, you know, an A-line skirt and, and like really super, I don't even know what to call it, but you know, that whole vision of like the housewife and that was, that's a valid expression too. For example, the movie Idlewild, that is a huge representation for me and my culture of how I can incorporate those looks and those elements of being vintage, but also being authentic to black culture as well. And I think those really helped with those external beliefs and judgment when I could connect the dots for them and say, why do you think that I'm trying to be like X, Y, Z when we have these examples? And they wouldn't even connect that that is also a valid form of burlesque when you're just dancing in a dusty jazz club, like underground in like the 20s and 30s. And I'm like, that is a lot of roots of jazz music too. And, you know, that's really classical to the solid burlesque. Yes. Ooh, I just, I literally got chills when you're talking about that. I feel like there's so much chills happening in this conversation, (laughs) but it's so true. Not a lot of people know the history of burlesque. And I feel like a lot of people, when you say the term burlesque, they think, oh, the movie. And it's like, no, Mm -hmm. there's so much rich culture in burlesque. And especially for you, making it personal to you and your culture and being like, I am here. This is what I'm standing for. And like, owning I love like how you tied in like even your characters like everything is so personal for you and that's why your performance is so captivating like I said because you're so connected to the character to the intention of why you're doing it and that's why it just like gives me goosebumps because that's like that's what dance is about and that's what it was about in those times where people were like underground and jazz bars and it was like Mm -hmm dirty dancing and it was like really risque you know that was the point is like everyone just wanted to like be there to celebrate who they were authentically and their culture and the music and everything and it just the fact that you're bringing that is so important so if someone listening wants to perform or dance burlesque and kind of move past those feelings of judgment and just step into their power how can they just like get up the confidence and the nerve to kind of just go for it I feel like personally it's kind of like jumping off a cliff you just gotta go for it um (laughs) but how can they maybe like start small ease their way into it because I feel like a lot of people hear about burlesque and they immediately go I want to perform I'm like whoa whoa (laughs) like let's take a step back let's try to like understand burlesque as an art form like take some class and then see how we feel but what do you think about Mm -hmm. that what do you think people should start with I agree with what you mentioned I do think a lot of people like oh my god I see that you're looking like you're having so much fun and tips. Amazing. You're getting paid. Wow. You made this much. That's amazing. I want to do that too. And it's like, yeah, that's not the why though. Like those are all of the benefits that come with the job and that come with the, um, all the training, but you didn't see the behind the scenes sacrifice that I was making. You're seeing the performing and the celebrations, but to get to this point, there were, I mean, at this point, if I started in 2020 and late 2020, I didn't start performing until a year later. And so, and that's with the intensity that I was training six days a week. And so that's, I think what people also have to recognize too, is where are you starting from? Do you accept your body? Do you accept all of your insecurities? Are you working on them? Who's in your life? How, how are they going to feel when you say, I want to do this? You may not even know what you have to work on until you know what you have to work on. So not that you have to always share your dreams with everybody around you to get their approval, but know why you want to do something first. And then when people don't align with that, you can either explain it and get rid of them because they're going to stand in your way and don't do it for other people's approval. It's all about self-acceptance. And what is your message? Like, how is this going to help you with something? And people may find that they don't want to perform. They just want it to feel good in their body. And burlesque to me is an amazing way to do that. You don't have to perform. You don't have to work up, you know, all of the steps of the ladder, so to say, to receive the gifts that burlesque gives. You can just do a strip tease for yourself in front of the mirror and feel fucking amazing. Do it for your partner, just doing like little things. And so I would say like those beginning steps are going to be, yeah, definitely journal your dreams and goals. If you want to say, I want to perform next year. Yeah, write that down but also start with the smaller steps of, can you even do boudoir in in front of, in a studio? Like, are you comfortable taking pictures in lingerie? Are you comfortable with that? Like, are you comfortable with like those beginning things? Because 
you can pose for a camera, but when you're on stage, it's live. You can't delete an ugly photo. You can't, you can't do those things. So are you looking at those photos and being like, I look ugly in them? Or are you just picking the ones that you're like, oh, I, I like the way I look in this. How are you talking to yourself? Because when you're, when you're on stage, are you going to have those thoughts in your head saying, oh, that was an ugly move. Oh my God, I'm going to fall. Are you going to have those voices in your head? Because if you do, you're not going to be able to dive deep into what burlesque can really do for you. So it's really embodiment and shadow work, I would say, step one, and using dance as therapy to move. And so when you connect the two, then you can explore what that even means for you. Maybe you don't even want to perform. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And like dance is so therapeutic and there is also a very big difference from just taking class and performing. And I feel like some people are performers and some people just need to like use it as, like you said, a therapy, a tool to just like heal and move through. I mean, that's exactly what it was for me was a healing mm-hmm. mentality when I first started dancing burlesque. And so, yeah, I think just understanding where you are in the journey is just so important. And something that you touched on was like the body image aspect. And I feel like it can be just incredibly vulnerable (laughs) to take your clothes off on stage. And like you said, if you've not even done like a boudoir shoot or you're not comfortable in your body, like how are you going to share that with like an audience? You know what I mean? And I feel like just so many women in general, just even struggle, especially I hear a lot about this in my work, just having their clothes off in general, or even just wearing something that's like, you know, more revealing than they normally would in their day-to-day. And I feel like that just, of course, comes from that societal programming and all of the pressure that's put on women to look a certain way, um, which is, you know, it sucks. It is what it is. (laughs) Um, So I'm curious what helps you to feel confident in yourself and in your body enough to take your clothes off and dance for others. Because even if someone listening doesn't necessarily want to perform, that kind of confidence can just be so beneficial because body image and relationships are the two biggest struggles that I see in all my clients. Mm. And also it's been like my own personal struggles as well. So yeah, I'm curious because you seem so confident in your body and it it comes through in your dancing. So would love to know your tips. Yeah. This is like really personal for me because, and I'm happy to share because I think being open and sharing is and being vulnerable is like how people relate with I'm not alone and those thoughts. And so years ago, before I was even like diving deeper in burlesque, you know, as I mentioned, I was in that toxic relationship and just realizing I mean even at home I wouldn't want to show off my body or I felt like it was negative to do so so realizing that like for me at least I was coming from like a deeper darker place through my work of body acceptance of that I just didn't like myself or what I looked like and I always wish something was different and then through you know so many years of therapy and all these things of just getting to the place of this is how you look and getting over body dysmorphia, looking back at old pictures now that I'm 31 and looking back at pictures when I was like 18, 19, 20, thinking I was fat when I was 50 pounds lighter, but I was an athlete and there's a lot of body dysmorphia and being an athlete, a student athlete in college. And so just with that and all of those messages I had to unlearn, um, I think that first step is just like do you even know what you look like I mean take those lenses off do you know what the your back looks like or do you know like what your elbows look like I mean do you actually know if you have cellulite or you just assume you do because everyone does or oh my god I'm not a model or those negative thoughts like how happy are you to just exist and I think a lot of that work is body neutrality versus body positivity and like they're, they're baby steps because we start with dysmorphia and then we go to being neutral because it's just like you're existing and you're living and your body is allowing you to do that. And so I think it's just connecting that soul to your body and that it's just a shell. It's just a shell. <laughs> like it's just a shell to communicate things and give you nutrients. And then that next step of, okay, you want to be able to remove your clothes and feel confident in it. I would definitely be like, okay, for me, I definitely started with taking photos, going to studios, um, being like, I want to do boudoir. I have a cute outfit on, but I have like, you know, a bodysuit underneath it. Can we start with like this shirt unbuttoned first? And then can we, you know, just being open with your photographer that I'm not ready to just take it off. Like I, I need, I need that full hour to get there. Maybe the last five minutes is when I remove my shirt 
but I want, I need those steps. I needed those steps for myself. Um, and then performing a striptease for yourself in front of the mirror is really fun. Like if you need extra help, take a shot, smoke. I don't know what, where, so what state you're in, what's legal for you, whatever. I, yeah. You know, if you need that little edge to just be like, to get that through your senses that, oh my God, I didn't even recognize that a birthmark there or just stare at yourself in the mirror. Just love yourself. Just like hold on to those tummy rolls and like, I don't know. I just feel like just be and look at your naked body is like a really, really huge part of this. And then you can adorn it with the corsets and the bras and the all that stuff. Because how are you going to be proud of a shiny, flashy corset if you're hiding something underneath it? Burlesque isn't about hiding your body. It's about celebrating your body. So if you're using your costume to hide, it's going to show. It's going to show. Because it's going to look like you're hiding something. It's good. I don't know how to explain that. I just think that the audience can tell. Because, yeah, yeah you know what I mean? It's just, they can tell. For sure. You may every time you do a spin, your hands on your stomach, and they're like, "I want to see it," <laughs> and you're just like this, you know, covering yourself, and you have your cleavage, and you're just like this, and you have your fan up, and you never remove it. They're gonna pick up on that in a four-minute performance. So, mm-hmm. just those little steps of if if your goal is to get there, you know, just know the to that place. And then I guess I have so many points because I'm just thinking of so many things. These are amazing questions that you're asking. Yeah, so that last <laughs> on that last portion is um so why you're revealing something if you are performing why are you removing something because you don't have to you can just do one major reveal and just drop a robe and be like done that's it and walk off stage but I think that we have like when people think of this body image and being vulnerable in this work they feel that they have to showcase to everyone their naked body and I think that and it's really just you looking at yourself and your privacy and loving it but you show what you're comfortable with showing. Everyone doesn't have to come out in a thong bikini, a micro bikini to say, to celebrate their body. You can celebrate your body in one piece, but it's more so, are you happy with your body, with yourself? So those are just some things that I've thought about. (laughs) Oh my gosh, those are so good. I feel like you're articulating in a way that I'm like, yes, this is like so, this is so on point with like how we should be seeing this art form. And I think it's also like the last point that you just made. We're not saying again, you have to go out and like pasties in a thong. You know what I mean? I mean, it's very much about like personal comfort, but also the point is, do you feel good and confident and like whatever you're wearing? Otherwise, like you said, if it comes from this energy of like trying to hide something, it's so easy to sense that in yourself and also from like an audience perspective. So I think those tips are amazing. Mm -hmm. And I think they will really support anyone that wants to, even like, like you said, creating, whether it's like in your home and you're like doing a strip tease in a mirror or whether you're at class, like bringing that same energy to those scenarios. And then you really can tell if you're like, okay, now I want to take this into like a performance or like, actually, this is just for me and I'm enjoying this, or this is just for like me and my partner. And I love this. It's like totally personal, but you want to make sure that those feelings of, of feeling validated by your own by your, like how you feel about your own body versus like needing that from an audience or from your partner or whatever. Definitely. definitely. Yeah. Okay. So we're kind of going to move a little bit into the twerk aspect because I just saw that you have a new class twerkology. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. I love it. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious of like, how you got into twerking in the first place. I feel like it it does feel so empowering and it feels so sacred and truly just like a celebration of our sexuality and of our womb space. Um, And it's just fun, but I would love to know like any background that you could give us on twerk. And I feel like not a lot of people Mm -hmm. know where that culture comes from and it's a very ancient practice. So I would love to know what information you have about twerk and why you love it and why you've decided to kind of incorporate that into your teaching. Yeah, definitely. So I'm like still learning and researching about it because it goes back, the historical origins go back so far. Like I I cannot find exact dates. There's people that forums and articles argue over the origin. And what I was just going to say is the it's not exactly dated, but what I've researched is that it just goes back centuries into um, very sacral and root chakra openings and deepenings. It's it's really um, 
spiritual and also cultural. I feel like a lot of that goes hand in hand with indigenous cultures and connecting those and realizing that it's coming from a place because it feels good to do it. Not because of how it looks, that's a plus, but it feels good when you're doing it. Like if you're doing it correctly with the, the form and stuff. Like, so um, what I have found is that it originally, a lot of people are saying that it has a derived from, I'm gonna hope I pronounced this right, um, Mapoka, which is um, an Ivorian dance. So places in like West Africa, but it can be dated back to centuries, like even before that, just here and there of like different movements. And then putting that together has really been seen with these um, newer Ivorian dances. I'm finding like the 80s and the 90s is really when it was brought to mainstream at least because we didn't really have access to videos. So that's kind of just when people had access to recording things. So also a big part of it is that there's musicality that's really important. It's it's super heavy with like percussions and timing and musical timing. So like doing like the drops and the pops on the same beat don't have the same effect if you're not doing it on this on the beat, right? If you're just doing it in between the other types of instruments, it just doesn't have that same deepness. It doesn't like vibrate your body when you're doing it. When you hear that drum and it's like doo 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 doo. I don't know how to describe it. Yes, um, that's so yeah. true. <laughs> I'm even like yeah. in my seat, I'm like thinking of like <laughs> of a song. Cause it is, it's like that your body I feel like our bodies want to move that way to music like that, you know, and it's like inherent in our bodies. We just want to like feel that. Oh, definitely. And then I think, so um, I'm finding more recently that that style translated from West Coast Africa to New Orleans area and early and like the nineties, um, the bounce music scene part of hip hop got really big. So like basically what, what, people like Big Frida do, that's that style of like that bounce New Orleans music and it got really popular and I think it just took off from there. And so it can be traced to hip hop culture, but even before that to with Africa and who knows before that, but yeah, that, that's kind of what I've been researching and finding the um, like trajectory of, of where these moves have come from and that they really do just feel good to do and, and mm-hmm. you feel really rooted and strong and powerful in them. When you're doing it but also you're releasing traumas consistently mm. when you're doing that kind of stuff you don't retain stuff in your body you have this like flow of energy and it just feels so good yeah <laughs> oh my gosh I love that thank you so much for sharing your research because I feel like it's so important to know where these styles of dance come from and I feel like most of them have come from these like cultures African cultures that like again it gets changed in mainstream media and then all of a sudden we hear that it comes from this like skinny white girl on stage and we're like no no that is not where this came from everybody's like hold up (laughs) this is not accurate but I think it's so important because as we're doing these styles of dance we need to know who we're celebrating and like we're celebrating that these came from these cultures that have they're rooted in in your ancestry and like they did them for so many reasons but like you said releasing trauma celebrating fertility like there were so many purposes for these styles of movement so when we do them today we're we're tapping in a little bit to the knowledge that they had right and we're kind of getting to celebrate them through that and I think that I love twerking because I feel like the benefits are so powerful. Like you just feel so good after a good, I have like a dance hall playlist and I just turn it on when I'm feeling pretty low or shitty about myself and about my body. And I just let everything shake and letting your body shake. And I tell people this too, cause I do like have some like twerk moves and stuff in my heels classes. I'm like, the more that your body is constricted, the more that you're holding your energy in, your, your booty's not going to go like, you're going to see like a tiny little boop, you know, <laughs> it's not going to jiggle. And I feel like we've been so scared and fearful of letting our body shake and jiggle that that's why it's hard for people to tap into to twerking. Cause they're like, Oh, my body shouldn't move this way. And it's like, no, no, it should like, that's, we're celebrating the fact that as women, we have bits of our bodies that just move and shake and flow. And so I love that you're teaching this class because I feel like that really goes along with like you said, the body stuff and the connection to our sexuality and those things that I feel like it, with burlesque, they just kind of go hand in hand in a really special way. They do. Cause I, I do see it as embodiment work just the same. It's just, I think a lot, like I feel the same way when I'm doing both of them, 
it's a character it's a it's it's not something that especially when you're twerking you know a lot of people are just like I just want to look cute in the club or I just want to twerk for whatever um the why is still missing and it's highly sexualized highly sexualized and to be like oh I'm not I'm not hot if I can't twerk I'm not good it's like that's not the why's though the why's are that you're releasing that from your body and it feels good when you're done. So it's still not a performance for someone else. It feels good to you. And if you look how doing it, that's a plus, but it feels good to twerk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that reminds me so much. I actually say this in my classes now because winter would say it in burlesque, but it's an internal experience before it's an external experience. Like, you yeah. know, it's like, burlesque is she would always say the art of sensual seduction but that is like nothing if you're giving it all to everyone else but you're not taking any for yourself like what no <laughs> like we deserve to get to feel the benefits before anyone else does exactly, mm, exactly. so good so your stage name is Ruby K Rose. And I feel like you embody this energy so well. And like I said, it comes through on your social media so well. So what does it feel like to step into Ruby's energy on the dance floor? And has this translated into your daily life off the dance floor? Because I feel like dance is such a mirror for our life and something that we do in my work in confidence, we create our Sasha fears, which is essentially like our alter ego. And so, yeah, I'm curious how Ruby's energy. And it's so funny. We were talking before this podcast. I thought Crystal's name was Ruby because of her Instagram <laughs> and because winter referred to you as Ruby. <laughs> so obviously she's such a huge part of who you are, <laughs> but I'm curious how that's translated for you and how you're able to like, how is her energy like similar and different than yours? Yeah. So first the re the origins of the name are my last name is Rose because I am a child of winter Rose, Madam Rose. And so whenever we were talking about burlesque, I'm Ruby, I'm her baby Ruby. She can't claim me as her child if it's not through dance because she's actually younger than me. <laughs> so that's probably why she referred to me as Ruby because we're in the burlesque world and that's that. I'm Ruby in the burlesque world. But yes, this alter ego really has evolved as like, like you're saying, like it's part of, it's stepped out of burlesque. It's, it's not just, I mean, I don't refer to myself as Ruby outside of burlesque but that energy oh my gosh that energy I I thrive off of being able to use that and tap into that when I need to it's like that extra part that can fill your cup when you're having a, a down day maybe crystal can't give this presentation for work but ruby can and when I don't have the energy to to just do that I I'm able to compartmentalize and say it needs to get done though and Ruby needs to get paid so what are we gonna do like it's almost like <laughs> deal with it deal with it figure it till you make it it doesn't matter but um I like having the alter ego because then you know clock turns off work is over performing is over whatever and you can come back and Crystal can heal so I do like the fact I think it's a cool way to think about about it and it's helped a lot I mean just the fact that performing through dance has actually helped my personal life with giving presentations for work. So you may not have known, but announcement, she's a scientist. So I'm actually in school for, I know, I'm actually in school for getting my PhD in oncological sciences. Oh my um, God, that's amazing. <laughs> and no, I had no idea when you said you went to get your master's, I wanted to ask, and then it just got sidetracked. You are a scientist. Oh my God, this is amazing. Okay, continue. Yes. <laughs> It's actually PhD. So actually it's PhD. You probably had no idea. It's not really like everywhere, but um, I'm working on being done within a year, year and a half. And so she's going to be a doctor. Um, oh my but... God, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. I will announce when I am, but yeah. it'll be a little bit. <laughs> Amazing. But a big part of that work is that a lot of scientists are behind the scenes and I realized that I don't want my life to just be split like this, where I'm a scientist in the day, dance at night. That felt very chaotic to me. And it's like Crystal's at work, but Ruby's dancing. And it felt like, like I had, was living two different lives. So being able to bring that confident energy into work, I've actually been giving more presentations. I've been educating more. I've been doing community engagement with teaching about COVID, HIV. I'm doing a lot of things in the community from a science background. And 
it's completely changed my career goals. I actually now have the confidence to get up in front of a room and feel like I belong, to not stammer and stutter and shake because public speaking is so fucking scary because it's extremely, extremely scary. But now I'm at a place where I'm like, you're going to listen to me because you listen to Ruby, okay? This is what I have to say and just let me get it out. And I can I can do that now. And I think I I struggled so much with taking up space and at my career, um, feeling that I was just here to pay the bills, but I really live and love my life when I'm dancing. I can also love my life when I'm doing science too. I just wasn't doing it in the right ways. So being able to mold my career into incorporating those confident aspects, I actually feel really good with where my degree is going to take me. Before I thought it was just going to take me to another lab behind the scenes, doing some experiments in a corner. But now it's going to take me to science communication, educating the public, being a a liaison for patients and supporting people and letting them know what their illnesses are so that they're educated. So honestly, burlesque and dancing and Ruby K have completely changed my crystals life. (laughs) Completely. Wow. I am blown away. Oh my gosh. Why have you not done a burlesque routine in a science, like in a, like a lab coat with like your little potion? (laughs) I'm just waiting for this now. Mad scientist. Just wait. Just wait. She's creating something. It can't be half done. It can't be half done. I don't know when I'm going to reveal this Mm, this performance, but she's working on it. I'm on the edge of my seat. I cannot (laughs) wait. That's amazing. I mean, this is just a prime example. And I tell all of my women this, I'm like, this is so much deeper than just dance. It's so much deeper because when you build that confidence in your dance class and when you decide, okay, Ashlyn doesn't feel like doing this today, but Gypsy does, (laughs) you know, it's Mm. like the same thing. It's like, oh, okay. I actually do have this inside of me. Like, how can I pull the, the work that I've done on the dance floor? How can I pull that into the presentation? Like public speaking, it is terrifying, you know, stuff like that, or like a scary phone call for a big, you know, deal or something like that. Like things where we need that kind of boost when you have an alter ego, like Beyonce says, she's like, I don't go out there and perform. Sasha Fierce goes out there and performs, you know, like that's not her, but it's her. And it's, that's the same thing. And you can really tell when she has Sasha Fierce on and when she has Beyonce on, and I feel like we all have that. It's not because, she, I mean, okay, well, she is an alien, but <laughs> she is an alien. But it's, we all have that inside of us, you know? And if we can just tap into it on the dance floor, learn what it feels like, we can instantly take that into the rest of our life. So that is incredible. And with that being said, I'm so curious to know what exciting things are coming up for you. And I feel like you just hinted at a few, but I would love to know (laughs) what's on the horizon for Crystal slash Ruby. Well, what's on the horizon for Crystal is probably focusing on finalizing my degree by the end of next, by this time next year, I will most likely be Dr. Osby, which is exciting. And so I'll be doing more work in the community, which is lovely. And I just love healing wherever I go. So being able to heal in all parts of my life would be just things I'm looking forward to in the future with some events coming up. And um, things coming up for Ruby are a lot of October performances. Um, I really want to tap more into different sides of my character development. I've been for about like um, this past year, I've been working with like femme movements and femme characters and I wanna get a little more androgynous or mask. So I'm going to try to tap into that this Halloween for some performances and seeing what what that means for me and just stepping into different character developments and learning more about myself. I love that. That sounds so exciting. I would give anything to be in Utah during October so that I could see all of these amazing performances, but someone out there better get a good video <laughs> so that I can see it on Instagram. But Crystal, what does confidence mean to you? Confidence to me means complete acceptance of yourself and the potential to celebrate it whenever you want to. 
I mean, enough said, mic drop. That is so good. I love that definition. And where can people find you? Pimp yourself out online, where your videos live, all the things. So I have separate Instagrams for my personal, for Crystal and also for Ruby. So if you want to learn about more of my regular heels dancing or any science developments that come up or just me as a person, I'm on Instagram as K underscore raq and then for more burlesque focused and embodiment work and classes that i teach would be on my burlesque instagram so that would be xoxo underscore ruby k and that's spelled r-u-b-i-k perfect and all of crystal's info will be in the show notes so that you can follow her along and binge all of her fabulous dance content like i did <laughs> before the <laughs> podcast but crystal thank you so much for joining me love this has been such a fun and inspiring conversation i feel like i learned so much about you and i i just have loved every every answer that you've given i feel like you just really shared so deeply with us and i feel like this will be beneficial to anyone not just babes in the burlesque and heels community so thank you so much for sharing everything that you did and I really hope that we get to dance together very soon thank you so much for having me I'm honored this is my only second podcast I've ever been a guest on and I'm just I'm so happy that you even want to hear what I have to think so definitely we are going to have to meet and so we can dance together (laughs) yes oh my gosh I can't wait Thank you, babes, so much for joining me today. If you love this podcast, I would really appreciate it if you gave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It really helps the podcast to be discovered by all of the amazing women who could benefit from this work and from healing in a heel. Also, don't forget to follow along on Instagram at Studio Slowly Luna and on YouTube to stay up to date on all the heels, burlesque, and spirituality content that your soul desires. Thank you.